You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Today is going to be sort of a little of this, little of that kind of a day. There was a fair amount of news that I want to go over, and it's one of those things, there's so many minor items that I want to talk about, we're kind of just going to see where this takes us. I might rip through this real quick, and then we'll start going into more in-depth stuff, or we might kind of push that off, um, because really, Seahawks-Packers are the biggest things that we need to look at, and we got a whole week to do it. So let's make sure we scrape up all the little bits and pieces, and that we're not missing anything as we uh, roll along to a actually very, very exciting... It's, It's weird, because it's almost like until not very long ago, I didn't realize how rare this this moment was. Even when the Packers were in the playoffs just guaranteed, and I and probably several people listening took this for granted, it's still a rare event. And the Packers win, what, one, maybe two games in the playoffs, usually, and we're talking about per year, 365 days in a year, and one to two of those days are Packers winning playoff games, or playing in playoff games for that matter. Do you know how long ago it was since the Packers played a playoff game? 1,446 days ago. Since they played, and that was when they lost to the Atlanta Falcons in 2016. So it really just goes to the whole, we have nothing to complain about narrative, right? You know, ugly, this, that. Listen, let's just be very clear. In 2016, the Packers were a good team. In 2017, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. And Brett Hundley was terrible. And in 2018, the team continued a downward descent with what felt like potentially the beginning of the end, or a few steps into the end. In other words, for all I know, for all we knew, it was 10 years of darkness before we came out the other side of this. I really thought that maybe I started my podcast in 2018 and that I wouldn't have a podcast that covered the Packers in the playoffs for three, four, five, six years. Who knows? bought into the stock market when the thing started tanking, playing the long game for when this thing shoots back up, boy. And just like that, a couple moves, like I've talked about a thousand times. Here's a couple players from our, our GM. Here's our coaching hire, 13-3 and three in the playoffs. That is the story. And if you think about it, just that alone, this goes back to what I talked about before with the difference between happy and satisfied. Am I satisfied? Of course not. Zero Packer fans should be satisfied. That is to say, it doesn't really make a difference. This is good enough. No, dude, Super Bowl's the goal. That's where we're going. That's what we want. That's what we're doing. Should we be happy with what happened? Absolutely. Because this this almost never should have happened. I think anybody that's been watching football for a long time that kind of was, if you were to just lay out for them, okay, here's the scenario, and show them 2016, 2017, 2018, and then what had happened in 2019 with the moves, and say, okay, what do you think the odds are that with these couple moves and a new head coach to go 13-3 and getting into the playoffs, almost every single one of them said the odds are extremely low. That just doesn't happen. It's going to take some time to really build this thing out, to get your coach and da 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 all working together. But yet here we are. 
1446 days make sure whatever you have to do you enjoy this game because it's not necessarily hyperbole to say it could be another 1500 days before we see another game who knows did anybody think when the Packers lost to the Falcons in the playoffs that it would be 1500 days before we saw another playoff game of course not the team was white hot dude I mean, the defense wasn't great, but, you know, we'll get it turned around. Aaron Rodgers is still the GOAT. We go to the playoffs every year. Of course we're going to the playoffs. Even when Aaron Rodgers is having a down year like 2015, guess what? We're still going to the playoffs. So, again, just let's make sure as long as we're operating within the law and have sort of a long-term picture of I want to have a family and friends when this day is out and I'd like to be employed and out of prison with that frame of mind, Let's do everything we can to enjoy this game. Up to and including, by the way, going to the game. Oh, and by the way, not sure why you would necessarily want to do this, but one of the things I have that chatbot doing, what, what I want to do is anything you ask, it's going to have an answer. Obviously, for the most part, there's not going to be an answer for just about everything, but I'll see what you said and that there was no response, and I'll create a response for it. So ask literally anything you want. However, I added game tickets. So if you want to chat with the Packernet Podcast, which really is just a robot, it's also me, probably 90% of the time because the robot's dumb at this point. But if you want to ask it for tickets, guess what? Boom. Here's some tickets for you. Again, I don't know why that would be your best option, but again, the goal is anything. It's, it's basically the Google of Packers. What are the news? What's the news for the day? Boom. Packers news. But yes, absolutely make sure you enjoy this game. And if you are going to the game, just make sure you lose your voice. That's the only thing I could ask of you. Make sure you lose your voice. And if you have no interest in being loud and you're one of the please sit down folks, I love you to death. Go pack, go. Sit this one out. Give these tickets. If you have tickets, give the tickets to your obnoxious cousin. You know, the one that has a few too many at the Thanksgiving dinner. Where where did the bottle of wine go? Grandma wants a glass. And then your cousin's in the corner like, oh, sorry. Finished it. Give him or her the tickets. I know you don't like them, but we need the Packers to win. This is bigger than family feuds. This is Packers Super Bowl aspirations, all right? Do the right thing. Oh, and by the way, 1,500 days ago since, or 1,400, 1,440-something days since, five days and a handful of hours until the Packers play another playoff game. Very, very, very exciting times. So go ahead and get jacked up. Anyways, make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page and play along with the chat if you wouldn't mind. There should be an option, um, if I'm not mistaken, if I didn't mess that up. Right at the top of the page just says send us a message. Feel free to do whatever you want. And literally, if you just want to be obnoxious, that's fine. I'll just ignore you and you can just have fun. But uh, if there's actual things where it's like, I wish it would answer this, ask it and I'll go ahead and find a way to make an answer to that. If you'd like to support the podcast, a five-star iTunes review would be um, ideal. It helps to show iTunes that this is a good show. People like it and will help boost it up. Also, if you have iTunes, could you do me a favor? Because I don't and I have no way of finding this out. Just type in Packers in the search and tell me how high mine ranks. Because I know in some of these rankings, like I'm the 94th Packers show. And maybe it's just because it's Packernet and there's no S on Packers because I, you know, it's not the greatest name. But I mean, it's behind shows that don't even air. So I'm just curious. Whereas I think on Spotify, I'm like number two. So Spotify is going pretty well. I just want to get the lay of the land. And I have the biggest distributor of my show. I don't even know where I rank on that. 
Otherwise, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so for as little as a dollar per month at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. There is a link in the description. Again, we're talking about $12 a year for probably roughly 400 episodes, I would guess, I'm going to put out this year. Probably more than that, but I'll, I'll do a conservative estimate. I know I haven't been doing On This Day in History. I've been listening to them, and it's kind of one of those, this one's a little bit of a stretch. So I'll just leave it out. Talked a lot about Todd Munkin yesterday, so I figured, eh. However, the episodes for um, last year today is titled Bears Still Suck, so I'm guessing the Bears lost the playoff game, so that'll be fun to listen to. The day after that, I think, is the day that we hired Lafleur. so the next two or even three days, I guess. A lot of talk about Lafleur, so those could be interesting. So if you're if you like those shows and you're missing them and wondering why I'm not posting them, that's why, but there are some coming, so stay tuned. And by the way... Um, Speaking of Patreon, there goes the voice again. I wish this sickness would just take hold so I can call in sick to work. Right now, it's just a nuisance. Thank you very much to Jordan and Marcus for jumping in on the uh, the Patreon. By the way, there is going to be a Patreon giveaway if you are new to the show and haven't heard me say that. At this point in time, it's going to be a t-shirt. You jump into my uh, merch store, which there's a link in the description to that. Check out some of those shirts, and if you win, it is one entry per dollar that is donated. That's through Patreon or any other means. You get entered into that. You get to pick anything out of there. And if we get seven more patrons and cross that 50 patron mark, which I have to have to assume there's seven people listening that are willing to give a dollar out of the literal thousands of people listening. But once we cross that, the winner will be able to take anything out of the merch store, uh, whether that's a mug, a pair of Zedaria socks, or a hoodie. So we need seven more people, and we're, we've got until the end of the month, so there should be plenty of time. And then once we cross that 50, I'll set up another mile marker for us to aim toward. Sound good? All right, let us take a break and rip through some of this news here. Folks, the cold hasn't been that bad yet, and I am extremely excited, but it is coming, and it's going to come with a vengeance, and we just know it's going to happen. One way that I've found, and it's what I did last year, to help me cope with the horrific freezing cold is to have your eyes fixed on something warm. I've got a suggestion for you. How about Arizona's one-of-a-kind spring training experience? How about this spring, follow 15 MLB teams as they fly out to 75-degree weather in 10 different stadiums within 50 miles of Greater Phoenix? Again, this is whether you and your family are big baseball fans or not. We're talking great weather, great atmosphere, and, and baseball is just a fun family event. I mean, you're not hanging out watching teams. You get to enjoy some live music. You get to go see some great restaurants, some beautiful scenery. So this year, why don't you plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com forward slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. And you know what you should bring with you when you go to Arizona? Some of these air knit socks from Mack Weldon. Sounds like a weird call to action, but you try spending the whole day out on your feet in the warm weather going to and fro with that same old pair of socks with holes in them. If you're going to do it, do it right. And you're not doing it right if you're not getting Mack Weldon. These socks are built to promote airflow and are built with the anti-odor silver in the material. So whether you're just strolling around hitting the pub, pub crawling around Arizona, or if you want to just get them for when you hit the gym, these are the perfect socks to have. And if you don't need new socks, go to Mack Weldon anyway. Because that same level of detail and attention and care is put in to their socks, their underwear, their shirts. And if you want to look good, feel good, and smell good, I'm not sure why you're shopping anywhere else. 
So do yourself a favor. Go over to MacWeldon.com. You can get 20% off your first order when you visit and enter promo code OVERTIME. Again, that's 20% off your first order. Just enter promo code OVERTIME when you visit MacWeldon.com. And because they want you to be comfortable, if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you get to keep it, and they'll still refund you. Zero questions asked. MacWeldon.com. And use the promo code OVERTIME for 20% off your first order. All right, let's start off with um, some news that kind of has... Very little implication, but Wade Phillips is officially out for the Rams. The only reason I really bring it up is unless he retires, this is a very successful and talented defensive coordinator. I think somewhat under the radar because of what Sean McVay did, McVay did for the offense, people don't really recognize what Wade Phillips did for that defense. The Rams weren't necessarily the Chiefs. They had some weaknesses, but they had a pretty stout defense. And in my opinion, they did not have a lot of talent, especially at linebacker, and I'm including their pass rushers in that. So, you know, we'll see. I know Dallas hired McCarthy, which we'll talk about, and they seem to be looking for more veteran-type people. Also got to watch out for him as a head coaching candidate around the league, which could have ripple effects um, for the NFL and for the Packers going forward. Also, pretty big implication for the entire NFL is the whole Brady saga. Based on what I've heard him say, it sounds a lot to me like he's ready to come back for the Patriots, but he doesn't know if the Patriots want him back. So my hope is that the Patriots do move on. The problem is, have you seen their roster? Now, unless they're looking to dive into free agency, maybe they want a guy like Cam Newton, I would be surprised, just because it doesn't seem to fit, in my opinion. Not that, you know, Bill Belichick couldn't make it work, but the volatility, you know, it's just, it's the opposite personalities. You know, the the, the Patriots and the whole organization are just stoic. Granted, Brady is a little bit of a crazy person, but it's crazy in a positive sense, right? The whole, like, pouting and crying thing. I don't know. The volatility even in his play when things aren't going well. It's the opposite of Brady. When Brady's upset, he's unstoppable. When Cam's upset, he doesn't even feel like playing anymore. So I so I, I don't know exactly in free agency what they're going to be looking for. The odds that you're just going to get lucky and get your next quarterback in the draft, unless you're kind of just like, yeah, whatever, we'll see what happens. That'll be interesting. But they don't have an option as an, unless they see something in their backups that nobody else is seeing right now. It's a very weird saga, but I, I think he's going to come back. Just because I think I think Brady wants to go back, and I think the Patriots don't have any other option. So, in other words, shoot. Because <laughs> I just I want that thing to die out, man. There's enough competition. We don't need, you know, the whole NFL and the Packers fighting for second place all the time. I'm tired of it. So, obviously, there's still some very good up-and-comers, um, but the volatility in the league is a good thing. Having one team that's just always dominant is annoying. So yeah, you got to look at the the Chiefs and you got to look at the Ravens and it's like, oh yeah, but what about them? I get it, but what about the Rams? What about the Jaguars? What about a lot of, you know, the Eagles? It's a lot of teams who pop up as being dominant and then kind of fade away over time. Just saying that's the environment I'd rather operate in. Um, some relatively big Chicago Bears news. Longtime uh, guard for the Chicago Bears, Kyle Long, has decided to hang up his cleats. And generally speaking, for a team that is having a hard time replacing talent, because they don't have draft picks and uh, a whole lot of money. It's not great to have things start to deteriorate. On the flip side, Kyle Long was due $9 million. And, and to be completely honest, as much as Kyle Long is a good football player, this might actually work to the benefit of the Chicago Bears, because I'm not sure he's worth $9.6 million, which is what his cap hit was going to be, which I believe he just forfeits all of that. I'm not positive. They're actually, actually, it might be, I think it's 8.1, because there's $1.5 million of his signing bonus, which is money that was already paid to him that they have to be hit because the money's gone. So they're, they're going to save $8.1 million. I would guess they'd rather have Kyle Long, but, you know, they could probably take $8 bucks and go get a guard. I don't know. 
But so far, we'll call it good news. We'll see what they decide to do with it. Maybe they can upgrade, maybe not. Maybe they'll just take it and throw more money at another player that they already have. But um, further degradation of their team, which just makes me smile as they continue to claw, trying to keep from falling into the abyss. Just clawing their way back up, but continuing to fall. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch, really. Some even bigger and playoff news. Mackenzie Alexander apparently is injured and might need surgery. We should find that out today, the final answer, uh, whether or not they're going to let him play. He didn't play in the last playoff game, but you may have noticed a lot of these guys, especially in the secondary, are starting to get a little dinged up uh, to the point where you start having Xavier Rhodes out there, which just is a, a massive liability for the Vikings. If you take Mackenzie Alexander out of the equation again, with Mike Hughes already being on IR, you really don't have any choice, and you're kind of just stuck with Trey Wayne's Xavier Rhodes, and then it looked like what they were doing is using Andrew Sandejo in the slot, which is a nice little fill-in for them. I'm not, you know, he's a good enough player. I don't know um, how his productivity goes up or down once he moves into the slot, but you know, they're trying to piecemeal these corners together. And fortunately enough for them, obviously they've got a great pass rush. Kendricks is having, you know, an All-Pro year, probably the best year of his career. Uh, and then the two safeties have, have got to be easily the best safety duo in football. So they, they've got that, but these corners are, they're just hanging on by a thread. And if they lose one more guy, especially Trey Waynes or, you know, somebody of that caliber, they just don't have anybody at corner. I would say especially Trey Waynes, who's been a pretty mediocre at best corner, has really kind of hit his stride since probably week 11. The guy has just been on all the time. I mean, he started off being a terrible corner since week 11, of, of, of just a switch got flipped. And he has just been really, really solid. Didn't have his best day in the world uh, in week 14, but even week 14 would have been a pretty standard day for him. I mean, it was average, which is basically a good day for him on most other days. Otherwise, it's been good or very good every single week. Week 11, 13, 15, 16, and in that wild card game against New Orleans. So again, that, that switch got flipped and he's just raring to go. So that'll be worth keeping an eye on. It is a pretty big development. I'm not sure what happens if he does or if he doesn't. I mean, if, if he doesn't, does he still have to sit out and rest it a little bit? My, my assumption would be either he can play or he's going to be out basically the rest of the postseason anyway, so we might as well go ahead and get him surgery. I, you know, I'm not sure exactly the implications, but we do need to keep an eye on that. Again, the news for that should be coming out today. They said within 24 hours, and that was like noon-ish yesterday. Um, obviously, McCarthy to Dallas was pretty big news. Um, this, this was sort of, I, I had said McCarthy to Carolina, but this obviously was the best job in football. I mean, you, you've got all the the money in the world. I mean, they're going to offer you a big contract. It's a massive market with a massive fan base. I mean, maybe it's just a personal note, but I'd much rather live in Dallas than like New York, which is also a big, big market. But I don't know. It's 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 Dallas. It's Texas. Weather's better. I mean, in both cases, you technically have an ocean there, but that's, the, you know, New York is a big, giant, smelly, freezing cold body of water just sitting there. That's not that's not an ocean, okay? Ocean means like sandy beach and it's warm. You got to you got to put on like sunscreen every hour or you're just going to be like a crab. That's that's the ocean. That that other thing up in New York, that's not the ocean. That's a big body of salt water. It's like a saltwater fish tank that's really big and cold and stupid. But also you got a GM that's going to give you literally anything you want, which apparently, interestingly enough, Ian Rappaport had reported that Mike McCarthy had grown frustrated with Ted Thompson. 
um, which is interesting because that's that's the one dynamic we didn't really think about. Um, maybe we talked about it a little bit, but it was always, you know, Aaron Rodgers is upset that he's not getting the guys. Apparently, Mike McCarthy was upset because he's looking at this going, dude, my job is on the line. Get me talent. The other really interesting thing about it that got me excited when this came across the, the timeline is the realization that all signs point to talent. Now, maybe that's that's you know a sign that Mike McCarthy, you shouldn't have been like, whatever. That's I don't think that's entirely true. Obviously, it had gone stagnant. you got to upgrade and update your, your playbook. And even McCarthy acknowledged that when he took the year off to study what the rest of the NFL is doing. So he even acknowledged that to a degree. But again, the exciting thing is everybody recognized that there is a severe lack of talent that, that really handcuffs a team's ability to produce on offense. What could they possibly be talking about? And understand, 2018 roster on offense compared to 2019 is very similar. I mean, the offensive line was top tier. The only real upgrade was right guard, which needed to be upgraded. It was a terrible spot, but don't, don't, we, we're not going to act like that's the full problem. No, it's very clear. Aaron Jones at running back is a stud. You've got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. You've got a good offensive line. You've got Devontae Adams. What could they possibly be talking about? We need help on um, as far as needing help on offense. Because McCarthy was frustrated, probably not because of his defense, although for, for years that was the problem. But his offense wasn't going, and he was frustrated. Again, maybe I'm, I'm reading this incorrectly, because it does say Ted Thompson. Technically, that was mostly defensive problems. But again, all signs to me point to the fact that if there is an upgrade at wide receiver and tight end, this team will grow leaps and bounds. In other words, we can sit here and nitpick Aaron Rodgers and nitpick, you know, maybe if you're nitpicking offensive line or fullback or whatever. But the bottom line is, and we have a GM that not only will do it, but is very good at it. In other words, give him a task. Say, I need this, and that's the end of the story. Mike Pettin was able to do that. He went grocery shopping out in free agency. Like, I'll have one of those and one of those. Ooh, and that's pretty over there. Give me one of those. LaFleur's like, what about me? He's like, here's a guard. Shush. We're fixing the defense this year. Like, fine. Probably with no anticipation that we go 13-3 and and get into the playoff. Like, dude, this is going to take some time. Petten's been here a while. He's put in his work. We want to make sure we retain him and he doesn't get frustrated and leave. So we're going to get him all his guys. You can have a guard and just be quiet. This year, I'm guessing Petten gets pretty close to nothing. Maybe they get a defensive tackle or something. I don't mean the draft necessarily. I'm primarily talking about free agency. Of course, in the draft, you're going to get some stuff on defense. It's not going to be all offense. But I really believe that everybody, and, and that's the other thing, I think, because it feels weird, right? Like the Packers, they just, they don't really do offense. They're a defense heavy team. They're going to draft defense. I think there is a very clear understanding of what is needed in Green Bay. I think McCarthy knew it. I think Rodgers knows it. I think LaFleur knows it. I think Gutekunst and Murphy and everybody knows what the issue is, and Gutekunst is gearing up. I very, very strongly believe that. And you you know how the Packers do it. When they see a, a need, they go in heavy. When we need corners, we double up. When we needed wide receivers, we tripled up. Didn't do very much good because we tripled up later in, in the whatever, but there you go. When we needed pass rushers, and, and here's the brilliance of it. There are a lot of teams this year that need pass rushers, and they're in a bind. Gutekunst not only knew we needed pass rushers, but also knew there weren't going to be any next year. And there weren't. There aren't. I mean, there's, there's Chase Young and A.J. Epinesa, and after that... Really not much. Maybe two other guys might go first round, late first round. That's about it. And so what did he do? He basically tripled up. Got Zedarius, got Preston, drafted Rashawn. We're good. At a a critical position, we got three guys long-term locked up. Don't have to think about it again. 
And you want to talk about advanced strategy, and maybe this is just luck, but it was known a long time ago that that, that was the defensive draft. This is the offensive draft. We're going to load up real heavy on defense last year. This year, what do we need? Offense. What do we specifically need? Wide receivers. What is this draft known for? Offense. Specifically, what is it known for? Wide receivers. Well, what do you know? So the, so in, in my mind, and I know people are saying, well, you don't need, I don't know, we don't really need to go wide receiver, super heavy, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. And that, that's the other thing that I want to get out of your mind, and I need to get it out of my mind too because I'm so used to draft picks just not panning out. Right? We get so excited about these draft picks, and then they're just, some of them are good but not super elite, which as I went to great pains to explain over the course of this year, almost zero draft picks are very good. Almost zero, especially outside of the first round. It's just a whole lot of garbage. I mean, you you literally have about half of these guys outside of the first round that aren't even playing. They're definitely not starters. And if they're starting, they're usually pretty bad, a good pile of mediocre, a handful of good, and maybe like two or three elite players. Nick Bosa, uh, the Oakland running back, um, what's his name? Terry McLaurin. And maybe around now you could argue DK Metcalf, not over the course of the year, And we'll talk more about him, obviously. But maybe second half of the year, DK has been good. Last year, I mean, last week, by the way, elite. Number one guy on offense, super scary. But it's just, it's very rare. So so here's the point, though. Let's just pretend that we could get a top-tier player. Let's assume that if we get a wide receiver, it's a, a DK, a McLaurin, an A.J. Brown, by the way, very good player. You know, a Tyreek Hill, a, a Michael Thomas, a Devontae Adam. There's there's really no shortage of very good wide receiver. I mean, it's to the point almost where most teams have a legit number one wide receiver, right? There's a lot of very good wide receivers. Even, even the Bengals have A.J. Green. The Falcons got Julio Jones. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. And this is a very strong wide receiver class. So you have to assume if there's going to be another Megatron, if there's going to be another A.J. Green, if there's going to be another Ocho Cinco, it's probably coming out of this draft. And if we can get, how many did I just list? And I know DK was a second-round guy, but you got DK, you got McLaurin, you got A.J. Brown. Just out of last year's draft, how many potential legit, I'm talking better than potentially better than Devontae-type wide receiver are there going to be? So rather than looking at it pessimistically and saying, uh, we're going to waste a pick on a wide receiver, he's going to take two to three years to develop, and maybe he's not even going to be that good, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, maybe, but that's true of literally any position. Let's pretend that this is going to be an elite um, position group, and let's remove quarterback from the equation, and let's say that whoever we draft is going to be the best guy at that position, on our team, I mean. So if we draft a wide receiver, he's better than Devontae. I mean, tight end, let's just remove that from the equation because he better be better than whoever we have. Defensive tackle is going to be, I don't know if we want to say better than Kenny, but let's say he's about at that level. Just think for a second, though, how revolutionary that would be for this team. What if, what if we draft a wide receiver and, and, and the pessimism is wrong and we get an A.J. Brown? And by the way, I'm not even including Hollywood Brown because he was very up and down. He had some big games, he had some small games, but you, you talk about guy, a guy that showed potential and could end up breaking this thing wide open in year two. We're talking about potentially, what, four now? First and second round guys, and I'm probably forgetting some. I don't even remember who else at wide receiver was drafted, but it's almost a clean sweep. Very, very good crop of wide receivers. In, in a draft that wasn't seen as necessarily that good of a crop, these guys panned out in year one. So again, we're, we're, we're looking at this draft, and I, I know it's early, but I'm just trying to infuse some optimism. And I, Oh, you should be talking about this year in the Super Bowl, blah, 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 whatever. Get out of my face. I'm talking about Dynasty. 
Because again, I, I have this rare ability to do two things at one. I can be excited about the upcoming game, and I can also be excited about this team being dominant for years to come. I can be excited about the fact that we got to 13-3 and three with a dysfunctional offense, according to Mike McCarthy, according to Aaron Rodgers and everybody else. And I just want to daydream for a moment. You ever do that? You ever think like, what if I had a bunch of money? What if my job gave me a $100,000 a year raise? I, I don't know. What if I won the lottery? I've, I've literally wasted entire days doing that. Like, I get so immersed in it, like I forget what reality is for a minute. It's a scary place to be, but it's just, you get so immersed in this little daydream. What would I do? You pull up some, like, housing app and like, oh, I'm going to buy that condo out in Clearwater for sure. It's only like five million bucks, dude. That's a bargain. I'm buying that one. Go visit that twice a year. Sometimes I do that with the Packers because I like the Packers and I get excited about the future. And I know you're hyper-focused and your whole world is the Super Bowl and that's awesome. I'm excited about it. But I like to daydream about other stuff too. I like to daydream about this exact team with Zadarius and Preston and Rashawn taking a big leap and Amos and Savage taking a leap and, and King and Jair. Maybe Tremont again. I don't know. But then this offense with a, with a brand spanking new, super hyped up, amped up Jay Sternberger as a as a legit receiving option and then Devontae Adams being paired with a guy that could be you know like a Stefan Diggs that type of player sometimes I like to daydream man no reason to get mad about it just 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 join me on this journey besides it's not healthy to just stand there and stare at the Super Bowl you're gonna go crazy let's 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 take a walk let's take a little stroll let's dream together Plus, that's, that, I, mean, I like that kind of stuff. It's part of the reason I have a podcast. I like to grow things. I want to start it from the ground up and grow it. It's part of the reason I was able to embrace the down year last year, is the, the fun of trying to think how to build this thing up. It's why I'm so excited about what Gutekunst did, because he did it. He did the impossible. He was able to build this thing in a year, including hiring the right coach. And I'm excited about that guy telling him, look, you don't have to rebuild a whole team. Your job is to build this offense. And that guy's going to go into the draft, and that guy's going to go into free agency, and he is going to build an offense. Please get excited with me about that. I promise you, I'm not canceling the playoff game. It's still going to happen. I, just while we're waiting, let's daydream about it for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about now. I'm excited about Sunday. I'm excited about the Super Bowl that the Packers are going to be in. I'm excited about the, the draft and free agency and what Gutekunst has up his sleeve. Because you got to understand, this is where Gutekunst lives right now. He and his crew have been grinding college tape for months. They've got guys that when, when Gutekunst is having a bad day, he turns on tape of a wide receiver. I don't know which one, but there's one out there. He turns on his tape, and it just brings a smile to his face instantly. There's a defensive tackle out there. He's got a picture of him next to his bed. He says goodnight to him every night. There's a linebacker in this draft that he's writing love notes to. He's got a box under his bed. He keeps it under there. It's going to be super creepy when he gives him the box after we draft him, but that's that's later on. we got to worry about that problem. The point is, these guys are grinding real hard trying to make sure that they get those guys. And guess what? We're going to get those guys because Gutekunst and his team know what they're doing. And that is the best news of all. Because this, this would all be super scary if I didn't trust Gutekunst. I, I would be paranoid about winning a Super And I understand. I said 1,400 days since the last one. Could be another 1,400 days since until we see another one. The thing that gives me hope that this team is going to come back again and again and again, and not just as the team that everyone calls ugly and doesn't belong and a fraud, but, but if Brian Gutekunst can continue to a- a- execute, is the word, the Packers aren't going to come back as frauds. They're going to come back as the team that 
the Baltimore Ravens don't want to play. They're going to come back as the clear favorites in the NFC. I know, I know the 49ers are a good team. Look how long it took them to build it. And they needed early picks because their quarterback broke his neck two years in a row or whatever happened. So they got really high picks because they were a terrible team. The vast majority of that defense is built with, with uh, you know, signing washed-up old corners like Richard Sherman, who've only got a couple years left, and, and early first-round picks. Their entire defensive line are top-five picks. That's not talent. That's not a talented GM. And I'm not saying they got a bad GM. I'm just saying that's not impressive. The ability to go out and get guys like Zadarius. It's not like Ryan Pace being lazy getting Khalil Mack. Like, just give him everything because he's a can't-miss guy. Okay, what if there isn't a can't-miss? Can you find that diamond in the rough? Gutekunst can. All right, we got to real quick take a break because I got to get going. But um, thank you for, for dreaming with me for a moment. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, look at a couple things. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, so that was for the, the dreamers and the people that like to think of the future. But I got a little something for you diehard fans that just can't be diehard enough. All right, you're just looking for ways to be the most extreme fan in the world. All right, I got a little something for you. Here are the companies and the websites and the news organizations we will no longer be patronizing for the remainder of the week. Ready? Starbucks, Amazon, Redfin, Zillow, WhitePages.com, Expedia, Nordstrom's, Tommy Bahama. Which, by the way, Tommy Bahama? You bunch of frauds. You're based out of Seattle? Tommy Bahama. I can't think of a less Bahama place than Seattle. Nobody's wearing Tommy Bahama in that rainy, dark, dreary hellhole. Eddie Bauer, Zulily, Costco, Microsoft, MSNBC, and T-Mobile. No, I'm not big on the whole, we're not going to patronize your store because you have this or that belief. I don't, I, that's dumb. But here's the thing. When you support the Seattle Seahawks and they're trying to knock the Packers out, that is sort of unforgivable. So we're looking for a house right now. I like to use Redfin. I don't need a house that bad. Just canceled our Amazon subscription. Granted, we we were planning on that anyways because we just use it for Christmas. But you know what? Still, burn. If you have T-Mobile, don't pay your bill this week. Just refuse. It's a protest, man. Microsoft, I, I got nothing because you're going to be using their stuff anyways. But just just kind of posture, you know? Ah, Microsoft. Ah. You can use your Microsoft PC to excoriate Microsoft. I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not good at this. This isn't my lane. I'm just trying to help you out. There's a lot of companies out of Seattle, and I just want them to know 
that supporting the enemy will not be tolerated. Obviously, this is somewhat tongue-in-cheek. I don't want companies to be hurt. My goal in life someday is when you look up greedy capitalist pig, it'll be me in the dictionary. But again, for the hardcore folks out there, something fun for you to work on this week. Not going to Starbucks, which I don't know why anyone does that anyways. But if you do, I don't know. Can you just make coffee at home, put a bunch of creamer in it and whipped cream on it and chocolate syrup? Save yourself $19? I feel like you could probably pull that off. A couple of roster moves. I mentioned one already, the Begman or whatever his name is. I told you about him like a week ago. The rest of the Packers universe is just finally catching on to that. However, there is a second player, Elijah Wellman. He was also added, uh, signed to a futures reserve contract. So he won't be playing in the playoffs, but he's a guy that we can kind of sort of look at for next year. We kind of just, I guess, claimed him. Mine. You know, one of those deals. Yoink, mine. As far as information on Elijah Wellman, 6'2", 243 pounds. He was an undrafted free agent in 2018 for the Washington Redskins. He played in one preseason game in Washington. That's it. His overall grade was a 57.7 because he was a bad run blocker, an abysmal, terrible, horrible pass blocker, but take a wild guess what he was good at. Receiving. (laughs) He had an elite receiving grade because that's where the backers are at. You know, we'll, we'll hopefully work on this blocking a little bit, but uh, we need a guy that's going to go run routes. And the, the fullback slash wide receiver thing, the Packers are just into it. That's that's Danny Vitale, man. He used to line out out, out wide in college all the time. And uh, basically in that grade, he had two targets, two receptions for 20 yards, 18 yards after the catch. So on average, these were one-yard passes that he took for an additional eight yards. Both of those he got first downs on. So not a lot going on here, but you get it, right? This is this is another Danny Vitale that we're going to look at. We couldn't quite get Danny going. I'm not saying we're giving up on him. I'm sure this is just competition. But the point is, it just it just wasn't quite there. So they want to take a look at this guy and see if they can kind of get him going. Because this is what they want. They want the, the bigger fullback types that are really just big, bulky wide receivers out of the backfield. So anyways, I, got, I have a bunch more notes, but... Um, just really, really out of time, so we're going to have to cut it there. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.